0: This episode of Because Money is brought to you by The Value of Simple. It's a course and a book created by John Robertson, and it teaches Canadians to manage their money. Listeners of this podcast will know that John has all the answers, and you can get access to those answers by going to valueofsimple.ca and signing up for his course. It's awesome. It's the thing that taught me how to invest back when I knew nothing about investing, and I can't recommend it more. For today's episode, we're going to dive into a topic that I'm still learning a ton about and that's really, really obvious in our conversation. We're talking about disability insurance, we're talking about the causes and the reasons why people look at it and solving this problem of what you do if, you know, something terrible happens in your life and you're not able to work how can you plan for that financially you know what is disability insurance available for and why am i so afraid of it so i hope you enjoy this conversation i sure took a whole lot from it here are sandy martin john robertson and i talking about disability insurance
1: okay so i have a question for you no i don't i'm gonna start with an anecdote i told Seth we're going to talk about disability insurance on the, on the podcast. And he goes, Oh my goodness. It's so boring. Do you have to? I said, well, we don't, maybe we won't say that we're talking about disability insurance. Maybe we'll just say like, I was trying to be all clever. Like, like I could come up with like an opening segment, like, well, what, how about this? Instead of saying disability insurance, instead, what would happen if tomorrow I went blind in both eyes? Like what, what would you do? what would you do? <laughs> and it was a little bit interesting, but not especially yeah. interesting to use as an opening. I,
0: I love that. So I don't even know. He's just, a, he's working under the assumption always that like he's the most loyal listener. He's going to listen. He's just like, I'm going to listen and I'm, I'm just going to find it so boring. <laughs> it's not that he wouldn't listen.
2: <laughs> no. It's just that he will and hate it.
1: The thing now, I'm going to do. it, can make
2: it exciting. It'll make it interesting. So, I mean, here's, here's the anecdote to frame it. Okay. Someone in your family gets sick. Let's say, you know, Seth gets sick or Mimi gets sick or Kelly gets sick. Someone gets sick and goes in the hospital and they're in there and it's like serious, you know, it's cancer, it's TTP, it's something. And then you're like, financially, I'd be better off if they died and never got out because we don't have disability insurance. That's how important disability insurance is.
0: It just got real. It got real, real fast. Too fast. Zero to sixty. Well, there you go, Seth.
1: Well, honey, we didn't get our disability insurance in line, so goodbye. Yes.
0: Yes. Yikes! That's like uh, just ratcheting the stakes up to hundred, but like, kind of, right?
1: like a lot not even just kind of like yeah. actually for real I remember the day actually when we were really responsible and we got our life insurance all put together we actually actually at the time we also did disability insurance he was the one working and so now it's all moot we can talk about that later but I remember looking at him and both of us thinking like wow if you were dead all of our financial problems oh <laughs> 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 so I
2: love you oh dear
0: this is like the flip side of quantifying a life that nobody ever talks about. It's like it's really hard to put a value on a life. It's impossible. You like, but then when you do, you're like,
1: hmm. sounds right.
0: I don't know. <laughs> that money would be pretty nice. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay, I've got a question. Shoot. Disability yeah. insurance is this huge thing. Like it's it's this it's a huge financial tool. One could even like, it's, it's, it's the reason why like Preet has his first chapter in his financial book. It's all about insuring yourself specifically about protecting your income. And yet it's not talked about much at all, either on the small scale um, around the kitchen table. I've never been in a conversation where life insurance comes up every once in a while, somebody gets life insurance and somebody goes, Oh, you got life insurance.
2: What, what did what did, what is it's that? Dramatic. How does that yeah, work? There are a lot more articles on whole life versus term life, or just life insurance in general, than there are on disability insurance, for sure. It's
0: and even in even in the wider kind of financial conversation, it's just like what's it, what is it about this? But like Seth's not alone. He's completely right. People say the words long dis, uh, uh, like disability insurance, and nobody wants to talk about it, even though it fits a specific need in a specific kind of weak spot in all of our financial uh, pictures in our lives in general what's
2: up with that
1: i honestly don't know but i'm going to answer that question with another question i think i know the answer to do you have disability insurance
0: i don't have disability insurance and i promised john that i would have by the time that we recorded this podcast and uh don't feel great about that um I have a real aversion to wanting to talk about this, even though it's something that I also have a curiosity and a fascination with. um, I don't have it. And I can't even really give you a good reason why it's based on these kind of like, not completely proven ideas that it would be really hard for me because of the nature of my income. And that is both half confirmed and half debunked by the conversations and research that I've done. Because I have, in the last month, talked to a bunch of people with disability insurance and very in a very unhelpful way, gotten lots of different opinions. The problem is, is what I've done is I've talked to lots of people in the abstract and I haven't sat down with anybody and my numbers and asked if I can get disability insurance. And so I can, steer around the whole thing over and over again and i will say that like i think that there is part of my mind that says exactly what you were saying before it's it's overconfident over over overconfidence in my ability to adapt um a foolish confidence in in that stupid young person thing where you just don't think it will happen to you and i acknowledge it right away as soon as you say it that that's a dumb thing, and I would see it in somebody else, but why else why else am I dragging my feet? Like clearly, I do not have a strong connection to the real stakes of this issue, otherwise, I would have the answer of whether I could get disability or insurance or not answered. And then at least be looking at other options, which also, uh, you know, we can talk about that later, but like, cause some people can't get disability insurance. Yep. That's a thing. You know, some people don't qualify and there is an interesting amount of research around, um, you know, the different, um, different occupational classes that most insurance companies don't want to cover. And musician is often one that kind of gets classified there. Although I've talked to musicians that apparently have gotten disability quotes. And so, that's that's n- not necessarily as cut and dry as, as it seems it, so there are options to try to patch together some kind of coverage here but like I don't have a good answer I don't have a convincing answer for why this is not my first financial priority um except that I don't want to talk about it
1: yeah I have three so, answers they're not answers but, they're the, three answer's me, yeah. but the answer's
2: for me yeah the answer's for you.
1: No, no, for you. And also for me. It actually is for me as well. No, three reasons why it's still, another three reasons why it seems, I think, why it's one of those things you just, you typically don't really talk about. And it seems like, oh, I could just leave that off my list. First, it's, it's gate kept in a way, right? Mm. The phone. It's probably my insurance broker. No, that's not true. <laughs> so, but, so the perception is if it's one of those things where you kind of have to give them the ability to, to sell you stuff if you ask yeah. for, the, for the information. So that's like one thing is like, do I really want that? So you don't have somebody that you have an established relationship with.
2: Yeah, that's That's, true.
1: That's one barrier. The second one is time. And you wrote a very good article not that long ago about like, okay, well, as much as that might seem like a thing I'm going to do, it's not on my one by one goal sheet for the week. We have all sorts of other things that have to get done. And you in particular, this is a very busy time for you. So uh, you can not like, oh, let yourself off the hook. It's fine. But (laughs) this is a busy time.
0: It's a reason, not an excuse, I would yeah, say. Okay, yeah, okay, fine.
1: Um, and then the third thing is, um, I think there is a perception, and I don't think it's entirely unwarranted, that disability itself is a product that's quite opaque. So you're going to buy something you don't fully understand from somebody you don't fully trust and from a company that you're not totally sure if maybe there's there'll be a way that they don't pay you. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, what does disability mean to you? And how, how what, what will I have to do to prove that, Like, what kind of thing will I have to, will people be following me around and surveilling me if I make a claim? Because, I don't know, what if I can move my nose?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's also just not that common. I mean, as far as I know, for freelancers or self-employed people, there are two companies offering it in Canada. Um, Maybe there's more, but not that I'm really aware of. Whereas there are dozens of life insurance companies. And lots of life insurance advertising. I've never seen an ad for disability insurance. Like, any awareness that I have comes from uh, the personal finance logosphere and from Preet's book. Like, that's where I learned about it and decided that it was important. And, I mean, unless you have it from a group plan, I don't personally know anyone that's gone out and bought disability insurance. I mean, we tried. but Okay, well, Sandy.
1: (laughs) But not for me. So our disability insurance matches a life situation that we had three years ago. Yeah. And it doesn't match today. Okay. Unlike life insurance, which is like, okay, well, yeah. is it gonna be that different year to year? Right now it's you know, like Seth is insured for disability from his own or any occupation after two years, but he doesn't have an occupation. So So <laughs> like he's got a vocation.
0: He's got a vocation. A pay. calling, all of those That's things. And he's excellent at it. Superb. But I don't think that the insurance company will care.
1: It's not a thing. No, it's not a thing that they pay for. So um, uh, this is very interesting. It's happening right at a time where, because of the merger of my company and Julia's company, oh, so it's kind Oh, blah, blah blah. So we're doing a lot of corporate work that has never been a thing that I've done before. Yeah. Um, and I found something very interesting that if you're a member of your local chamber of commerce, many commerce um chamber of chambers of commerce get the s's in the right spot offer group plans to members um which are now we just got a quote it's it's not the best it's not the best (laughs) but if you have no other way of getting like i could right now with my earnings history could probably quote i have not looked, but i could get disability insurance probably not for like blindness stuff (laughs) i feel like that i'm unqualified but um but i could go out probably right now i'm pretty confident i could get covered for the occupation that i do okay um but if there was if there was a kind of a worry that that wasn't available i think that the chamber of commerce is not as great as it could be is probably better than nothing
0: i (laughs) there's words that have come up most in my conversation with insurance people over the last month is, Oh, oh, this is, this is probably better than nothing. (laughs) It's like, you just, it's, it's tough because I think that you're exactly right when you were talking about this kind of general distrust of the insurance industry. Um, kind of low knowledge of the product, even within, you know, within a sphere where people are really looking in finances and living in that world. John, you're totally right. Like I've never seen advertisement for disability insurance. I've never heard any organization really trying to educate. Every once in a while somebody will toss this out and be like, oh, you should really get it. And then you dig around a little bit and you, you realize that there's this golden goose of, oh, disability insurance that some people have. So that if you end up not being able to work, you just look at 70% of your salary or 66.667. I think that was the last number or of disability, disability things that I put into a program. <laughs> um, it, over a long-term period, you know, that that really helped take care of this problem. You're like, oh, oh, cool. And then you start to dig around and it's just usually not possible to get in that shape. Or, or there's this idea that it's super expensive. You know, people definitely have that idea when I've chatted with just your average person to be like, oh, isn't that crazy expensive? That idea that like, oh, that could be. And with life insurance, it's the opposite where people are like, oh, that'd be too expensive. And often with young people, you can get really reasonably affordable life insurance that can fit your needs. I don't think that's necessarily the case as often with disability insurance. You just stumble into a really affordable policy or is that not true
1: oh thanks so. well affordable compared to what right like affordable compared to not having any income i suppose is the way that you're supposed to look at it i guess so um so i'll, I'll give yeah, you well. lots of information about uh, no i probably won't but so so back when i was in banking and we were selling things like payment protector on a credit card or yeah. i i have a deep distrust of the way that 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 product itself is framed as a well what if the worst happened and so and so got it and then he died and his family's so glad that he got it whatever all those kind of narratives around insurance are right um but you are more likely to more likely to have some kind of um disability uh, wait, well, actually, no. Those words are coming out of my mouth. You're actually more likely to die because everyone is going to die.
0: You're more likely to get you're a disability to than to die.
1: But during your income sensitive years, Winston I suppose, Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> during the years where you're earning income and when disability insurance is like yeah. the thing, it's more likely, I suppose. Golly, I should have looked those statistics up.
0: I feel like. Girl the statistic is not like there's an important statistic to express about there being you know higher chances of certain things than you think but i don't know if it's more likely we're not saying it properly
1: we're not saying um, it properly at all that we are not using good probability language john you should use the probability language <laughs>
2: I think I should have done some more homework before we started recording the episode, but yes, my understanding is that during your working years, when you are young in your 30s and 40s, you're more likely to become disabled than you are to die. And there's also various levels of disability. So you could be permanently disabled by, you know, a spine injury uh, on the job or in a car accident or whatever, or you could be somewhat temporarily disabled. So, you know, not short-term disability, not like, you know, six months out of work, but like four years because you go through uh, rehab after an accident or you have cancer and it takes a while to go through your chemo and radiation and build your strength back up and all that sort of thing yeah. so there, there's lots of different sort of ranges of possibilities for disability insurance um, and then also the severity can vary between your own situation so I mean when I looked at our situation we're in kind of a unique situation because hey we're renters in Toronto so um we have flexibility in terms of being able to move our house if something happened and we have more space than we need if one of us was gone so if if one of us died we don't need a three-bedroom house anymore because we don't need another person's home office we could do two-bedroom apartment for the remaining parent and the child so that would cut down on the expenses so the income would be gone but also a fair number of the expenses would be gone and we both work so if one of us died we'd probably be okay as a family for the remaining two. I mean, financially. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, Clearly. No. totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. We're just going to talk about the money sliver.
2: Whereas if one of us gets disabled and I, I really shouldn't speak too much in the hypothetical cause this did happen to us. Um, one person gets out of the job force. We still need the space in the house. We don't want to move. Yeah. Um, the expenses are still there. They're still eating. We actually have more expenses because now we need a walker and a cane and physio. And um, and then it also increases the, the care burden because now you've got to take care of not just the child as the remaining single parent, but also this other person that kind of needs you to do more to pitch in while you're also still trying to keep your full-time job. Um, so your expenses, if anything, increase, mm-hmm. but then you've lost the income. And so that's where, you know, I mean, we looked at this a couple of years ago and I don't know if you guys, well, you two are familiar with our story. I don't know if our uh, listeners are, um, but we looked at our situation a couple of years ago and said, okay, well we don't really need life insurance because of what I was saying earlier. And because we also have a bit of a large emergency fund because we've been renting and investing the difference rather than buying a place in Toronto. And that's a whole other long story of mine that I <laughs> We'll try not to be your down towards We'll put a um, link under the post. Um, <laughs> five versus rent, guys. It's going to be a thing. But we decided, you know, disability insurance was a need that we had to get covered. And so I have disability insurance through a group plan at my day job, but Wayfair does not. And so she went out to get a quote and she's self-employed. She found an insurance broker, went and got a quote, and it was actually a surprisingly... Onerous process. She had to make several trips down to the office in person with documentation of her medical history of the various medical tests she had had in the past, uh, proving her income with her various uh, tax return statements so that they could show that there was a certain level of stability to her income. And after spending several subway fares to get down to that office several hours over time, we ended up not getting disability insurance and we don't know why. We don't know if it was something in her medical history or if it was because she was too close to being off uh, mat leave. So she didn't have the income stability to show that as a freelancer, she had stable income to qualify for certain levels of disability insurance. And then we were going to go and get a try again after a year because then there was one more year since mat leave of sort of level income um, where we thought, okay, that might make the difference. And then she got sick and was in the hospital and...
1: needed
2: disability insurance and yeah it would have been nice to have some disability insurance at that point Uh, so there was like some support I mean we have our own savings Um, we have our own ability to cut back on some expenses so that things are not terrible and she's not 100% of the workforce yeah but you know we're going from working you know dozens and dozens of hours a month down to working a number of hours on a month that you can count on your fingers in a month, you know yeah. not 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 in a day, like some people do, but in a month yeah that's that's not a lot of income that's coming in then from your side, um, and that's all we got, so I mean, there's a little bit of uh, sickness benefit from e i that helped a little okay. bit there, um, and I don't know if we want to go down this road, but a very quick rant about e i is that you still need an emergency fund. Because by the time EI processes all your stuff and backdates everything, because, of course, they expect you to apply, like, the day you're admitted to the hospital and completely unconscious, (laughs) they'll fix it eventually down the road to backdate it. But uh, by the time the EI check comes, like, you're already several months out. So you need to have that emergency fund to, to bridge there.
1: that's almost always the case even with a group plan and even with personal disability like I know people who um, two years down the road are getting retroactive disability payments because that's how long it took to make their claim and establish their actual disability and like having disability insurance is great in some ways it's there to make you whole again after you've already spent your own resources.
0: Well, it's it's probably a a useful thing just to kind of spell out the parallels, not the parallels, the differences in talking about short-term disability versus long-term disability because there's some people that really think that, oh, I've got disability insurance through my work, but it's actually not long-term disability. It's short-term disability. So it'll cover you for three months or six months. It's it's built for a whole different problem than long-term disability, which will not cover you for three months. Often there's a, um, is it usually three or six months or something like that before it kicks in
1: Often three, but sometimes six. I, I sometimes thought a really
0: three is the thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's not for short-term things. So it's, you know, I think about this a lot. It's about like, which problems can you actually manage on your own and which ones can you not? And so like, especially as a freelancer and a variable income earner, it's like three months. I'm used to planning for three months of dry zone. Like I know what that looks like. And I, I would say for most people. You can, you can figure that out eventually. You can build it, and it can't happen in a day if you're just getting control of your cash flow, but you can save up enough so that you can live on it for three months, call it an emergency fund, call it you know whatever you want so that you can buffer between those things, whether you have short-term disability or EI that will eventually cover that. But when you're talking about a problem like um, the potential of 15, 20 years of low to no income, um, that's a problem that I, I would say is next to impossible to solve just with grit, grind and, and savings, you know, like, it's not saying that you can't figure it out with a combination of, you know, family support and changing your life and like changing expenses and all that stuff. But you can't, I don't think you can be like, oh, if you can just invest the difference, like that's a huge amount of money to solve. And so that's the kind of problem where long term disability fits in. and. And it's, it really does fit a need where if the financial tools are for those times that we cannot cover them, you know, life insurance is the same thing for specific Mm -hmm. situations. It just, you can't, it's so difficult to plan for you know, covering all these things, be able to support your kids and, and all this stuff in certain people's family situations that life insurance is a great tool to come in. It's yeah. so difficult to imagine, John talks about this all the time, like storing money underneath your mattress enough to cover yourself in retirement. So the idea of investing in the market and, and, you know, capitalizing, capturing those gains, that's what that tool is for, to help, you know, cover this problem, which is really hard to solve just on your own in your own personal, um, economic world yeah it's tough because it's not a tool that's available to everyone um yeah
1: so so my experience or Seth I guess Seth's experience I was there in getting disability insurance he was Mm -hmm. self-employed our insurance broker is from Niagara region I want to say which is
2: close
1: three, hour, three hours away Farther, and he drove to our home wow multiple times so but we applied he got fully underwritten of course because it was, it was personal i would like private anyway he got fully underwritten and then he so it, it excluded if something happened to his back like he threw it out or whatever because he okay. had problems because he disclosed that because that's what people do who are used to disclosing all the things <laughs> um but and so, and i and I it wasn't there wasn't even a moment of thinking, oh well, no we wouldn't we wouldn't qualify for that, of course we're gonna qualify for that like it didn't even occur to me that that was a thing that you could not qualify for. um that was back in my naive days.
0: can I I'm ask so you
1: advice now
0: both for Seth and and uh for you guys john um for self employed, you prove income by showing a number of taxes i I'm always curious about how the benefit gets calculated for self-employed people, because obviously we don't have, you can't just say 70% or 66.667% of your your normal monthly salary. Do you, do you guys have a sense of that at all, of of what that was done? Like is it an average of the last few years or broken down?
1: It was very similar in my mind, if I can recall correctly, it was very similar to an application for a mortgage when you're self-employed, so two years of earnings really? history.
0: Okay. It's kind of that's the standard for self employed people. Same thing yeah. Crazy. And
1: there wasn't, and there was no real ability. Like, I remember this from mortgage days, like, the self employed people would come in and say, but that's not my actual, you know, like, my line 150 isn't for real because I have all these other expenses. And, yeah. Very similar to that scenario, the insurance scenario was, well, be we sorry, your line 150 is real. Then that's, we'll just have to assume we're going to insure you based on line 150, not these, you know, expenses that we know you have. But of course, realistically, we can't prove and can't include in your income.
2: Yeah, and it, w- it was the same thing for us. It was a certain number of years. I can't remember if it was two or three that would average out um, based on your tax return data of how much your net income was from the uh, stole proprietorship. And then the insurance products were available at different rates. 65% replacement, 50% replacement, um, you know, own occupation versus all occupations. And you had a few choices there. And you know, we tried to get quotes on all of them and yeah. At, at the underwriting stage, I can't remember exactly what we, what we tried to get. I think we tried to get 50% replacement of any occupation, and at the underwriting stage, it didn't come through. Okay.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm
0: just going to squint and yeah. shake my head for a while. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a frustrating thing but i think it's worth kind of talking about too because it's a, a a problem i've been tossing around in my head about what do you do if you don't if you don't qualify so what if you do and and you don't do like chris and you actually go through the process and you find out for sure do like john um whether whether you qualify be like john that's actually we should rename the podcast maybe be
1: like john um, done be like
0: john <laughs> not like chris uh
1: <laughs> for those for those fifty dollar a month patrons,
0: t shirts, <laughs> <on>. boom, boom. <laughs> um, what well, what what are the tools that are available? Because i I was playing around with trying to say like, can you patch together a version of disability insurance with other insurance type products? Can you use critical illness insurance, which is an interesting product? Doesn't cover everything, but it's an interesting. Stopgap for some of those problems. Um, there's also a really cool product that Julia showed me. I don't know. Did we talk about this, Sandy? Which is through Manual Life called the Synergy Project. Not project Synergy. That would be at, cool, though. That's how the Captain
1: America would know about it.
0: Yeah, right. The yeah. Synergy Project.
1: Manual Life.
0: <laughs> See, Seth. It's cool. Insurance is fun. <laughs> wee wee. Which is a pool product that's um life insurance, critical illness insurance, and disability insurance, kind of in a out of the same pool of money, but you don't you don't uh, apply to it through through the disability. You don't underwrite at disability. It gets it underwritten as life insurance, so more people can get it. Um, apparently, you can get it without an actual income. You can apply to it. Yeah.
1: So your homework is to
0: find out i've done so much homework which wasn't my homework which is i've learned lots of things about generalities i just you know the biggest i always like to think about the tiny things that stop you from doing big things because it always feels like a stupid thing that's actually getting in your way and like we're talking about all the big things that might be getting my way honestly it's the fact that um i don't know who to call And John already sent me two links of companies to call. So he's already done his job. So, But this is still the excuse that I'm getting hung up on, which is like, I know a couple of insurance brokers in Manitoba like that are old friends and at least I have some kind of relationship with them. It's hard for me to call a stranger or a company or I'm having a bit of a block about that, even if that's not the real reason. I'm having a block with being like, the general trustability of the insurance industry is not great. I just want a recommendation. I just want a recommendation from somebody who's like, I know this person. They brought me a cake on my birthday. They're not terrible. And and that's what I want. Like that's. Yeah. it's not. I know a person.
1: He's in Niagara. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. If you drove
0: up to Gravenhurst, I'll drive up to here. He
1: did it for my parents. I know he did it for my parents. (laughs) (laughs) We know each other. So, okay. So. If we so there, so there is this idea that there are possibly like through a chamber of commerce plan or through some group plan like yeah. uh, John had found something really interesting some group plan for self-employed people who or no people who share office yeah yeah, Pope oh, sharing, yeah yeah so there's that or there's this this manual life product or whatever so but let's talk about in the absence of actual an actual insurance type product okay so tomorrow you know if you're preparing not let's not let's not do the tomorrow if it happened like if you had time to prepare what are the things that you could do that we would not call disability insurance but that are your own disability insurance and and we mentioned a couple of them and these actually happen to be many of the same things that we would talk about in retirement planning like so if your income went down could your expenses go down and how quickly could they go down yeah and and how confident would you be in being able to keep them down? And obviously this is very short-termism because of course if you're facing 20 years of no income and let's say you don't have a partner or you don't have family resources around you, there's a limit to how useful reducing your expenses is going to be.
0: But it's it's interesting to note too, you know, I, I don't it's, it, that we, we we definitely have to talk about you know the basic things and kind of behaviors and habits and stuff that we can plan to. but there are safety net things that can come into play as well for people that feel like they're completely left out in the cold as far as you know disability stuff through cpp as well yes mm-hmm. there's a disability benefit that can kick in there um and they have to
1: play
2: fully disabled for that <laughs> so I, I was mentioning that you know it's a big adjustment for us because yeah you know, She's gone from making approximately the same amount as I do per year down to working just a few hours a month. But that's that few hours a month is enough to not qualify for CPP.
0: Yeah, right. It's the same. It's, the, so it's this classic safety net issue, right? It's that there's a whole bunch of people that just fall through or don't get caught in the net and, and that are left out in the cold because they're halfway in between the most vulnerable and people that are fine. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sandy, though. I shouldn't have, we, I, your, that thought experiment is a really good one because it is that oh. classic, you know, it's in it and it deserves actual thought and me not moving on to
1: <laughs>
0: CPP. I, I didn't mean to, but that's what it ended up being. Um Don't
1: we all just moved to CPP eventually? <laughs> not really
0: though. <laughs> not if you can afford it. Um, it's yes. So it, it really ends up being the same kind of um, basic thought process exactly that you know like retirement or that that john was talking about when his decision about life insurance it always comes back to that same thing right it always comes back to like what are your core control and your core resources which is you know full net worth stuff too it's community it's being like who who am i going to lean on for support in that situation like what what do i have a community do i have a family that could take care of me like that's Obviously, most people don't wanna be a burden on their families, especially for a long-term, but like when we're just talking about realities of situation and trying to count assets, it has to be something that's considered. Um, That, you know, what would realistically happen if you could not work for the rest of your life? You know, not, uh, things get stark really quickly, but like John started off at the top of the episode. It's like, when you spell out that problem, as starkly as that, and it can feel that stark when you're in that situation, everything's on the table. So if you are going through the thought experiment saying if everything is on the table, like what is possible, you know, how flexible are you? And this is another thing where John, you know, in your whole rent versus buy conversation, the idea of the flexibility to say we could leave tomorrow, you know, we could, you know, yeah, basically. Don't give exactly. your landlord tomorrow. He's going to, Kill or they're going to complain.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like in a relatively short time with relatively little impact, you know, just up and leave. Yes. And, you know, so that leads also to then where are you going to go? Well, if it really came down to it, keep good relationships with your parents. So, I mean, if you, Chris, got uh, injured or whatever tomorrow, next year, you know, would you be open to moving back to Manitoba and relying on your extended family out there? I, like,
0: one half of my brain says, no, I couldn't do that, but I know I can. Like, the the truth is my- that's
1: North America talking.
0: When we were talking about this with a bunch of my friends, too, it's just like, recently, it's like, that is a huge privilege that I have. I do have a very close extended family in Manitoba, not just parents, but a close relationship with cousins and aunts and uncles. There is a safety net there that I know is there. And yes, it's going to get crazy complicated, especially if you're talking about support over a long term. But yes, I know that if something terrible happened, if you know Mimi died in a fire and I was terribly maimed and I needed constant care, this look, we're in it now. <laughs> um, I could go back home completely yeah. and, and there would be people there that would take care of me out of pure obligation and love. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> And so that's that's got to be in the in the equation when you're at least thinking it through. It's not a reason not to get disability <laughs> insurance.
2: No, <laughs> and it might be a reason to hurry up and get it. So I mean, right now, <laughs> I'm out of paper, yeah. already, dear Aunt Beatrice, uh, the reason that I am planning to live with you if I ever get injured <laughs> is because I could not make the time in my day to get a quote for disability insurance.
1: Oh, oh this is hope
2: I never have to follow up on this. Love, Chris. Stamp. Send. This is
0: another chapter of the John send an evil letter to to your aunts. Yes,
1: oh, I will never tell you who I am related to. <laughs> this is my
0: aunt I- Beatrice is going to get a terrible letter in the mail.
2: <laughs> but or you could just finally get off your butt and get that quote, and then you don't have to write that letter. As like this was my fallback plan, and that's the reason that you ended up here.
0: Okay. Yet so- another important. I got, I have to say, though, because it's, it's worth noting that this is, it's such a good, I, we were going to, I was going through this thought experiment for a completely different reason than John has taught me an important lesson about myself. Um, but the, the reason you think through this is is for that exact reason, it's to understand the stakes, it's to understand just to really kind of live in that moment and, and to say, yeah, what I thought we were doing was talking about, okay what would even happen? What are my tools? What are my resources? But yeah, also, what is the cost of those like, last, you know, last case scenario, last case scenario, last,
1: worst case, last resort
0: resort kind of situations. And then when you look at that premium amount, you have a context to put it in. You know, if you're saying that it's $500, $600 a month, you can say, look, $700, $1,200 a month, Know, lower 10, lower 300 man this is a terrible game
1: plinko <laughs> let's go to plinko
0: okay when you're looking at that premium amount which is somewhere in between 0 and a lot um you just have a context to put it in it's not just a money thing it's it's really saying what does this investment into this into this tool what is it going to keep me from having to resort to and what is it going to help my, the, my people around me that's kind of a really good and hard-hitting point to just be like look it's it's not just about you if you get disabled it's really about your support network that is going to you know you you lose self-reliance and people have to take care of you and then there's adjustment not just for you it's an adjustment for your whole world
1: okay so it's coming down to clearly what are the things you actually really could do about finding kind of a conventional insurance solution so actually just do the things yeah um it's also what are the skills that you could develop and here's where we're going to use the word side hustle and we're all going to barf a little except for john who has like 40 plus three full-time jobs but so what other skill this is kind of another insurance avenue what kind of skills could you develop that you could still do even if you couldn't do the thing that you could do. So like when we talk about any occupation in, in traditional insurance coverage, like my occupation involves doing this in front of a computer, yeah. either talking to you guys or talking to clients or typing things. I was, and hey, this is my job, I do this. Okay, so there's a lot of ways that I could do this if I couldn't move my fingers or didn't yeah. have arms or have lost my vision or, or substantially all my vision or whatever, like there's a yeah. lot of ways that I could still do this job. So um. But so for there's a lot of people that don't have jobs like that, and like heaven forbid that now what I say is one of the ways you could insure yourself against uh, income loss is developing a whole other set of skills. But really, take a minute to think about. Okay, so what are my skills? Could I add to my disability insurance by developing a skill for something that maybe doesn't necessarily need the full use of my body?
0: I I think that that's fair. I think that one thing that I I point out because this was pointed out to me actually by by Julia was that you know, cause I was talking about critical illness and about how people are most afraid of the big diseases and getting disabled by, you know, those, those, those big diseases, but the most common things are accident and mental health. Mm. Um, and I will say that, especially in the case of mental health, that's something that it, it doesn't end, you know, it doesn't make it's your point any right less valid, it. but it's just like when you're dealing with really serious mental health issues that, you know, lay you out for a long time there's just not a lot of jobs that but maybe every situation is so different that your 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 case still applies but I think that it was an interesting point that I hadn't thought of it about being like it's worth taking a look at the kind of disabilities rethinking disability sometimes we think oh it's it's the fact that I can't walk or you know you think about that thing that you're most afraid of and it's not always that and to kind of look at the stats and just kind of to open up your mind a little bit to say remember that mental health can leave people disabled for long periods of time and it's definitely an issue that uh, and that's something that you can't get it is covered under some long-term disability but it's not covered in things like critical illness or accident uh, conventional accident insurance um and, and just to kind of so that you within this whole idea of planning that you're kind of taking Taking the information into account about what that could look like, although that's a these are tough thought experiments to have, guys. Like, do we really expect anybody? How do you put yourself in this? How do you start that thought experiment of putting yourself in this position? Like, how do you? How do you even? Like, I, I, John had a good idea already thinking about family and and writing letters. Like, that's a really practical way to actually think about you know what would happen and, and straight on like it's it it's just are you supposed to imagine yourself this is the problem with insurance are you supposed to imagine every terrible thing that could happen to you and try to think down every avenue of what you would do
1: I don't even think you need to go that far I don't think you have to say like okay why would I not have any income at the beginning
2: hmm.
1: I mean to put you into that scenario it's for the next three months you have no income what well, now what do you do yeah. For the next 6 months you have no income. Now what do you do? It's it's triage, which is something that we do anyway when we're designing infrastructure and we're talking about what's the next right thing to do with your money. Yeah, totally. One of the things you have to do is okay for you know, what what would you cut if three, if you didn't have income for 3 months or whatever that is, right? So, um I don't yeah, I don't think you have to talk about why you have don't have income. I don't think you have to imagine all the worst case scenarios. Although for some people that might be the you know, um depending on who's dependent on you or who you're dependent on that's a pretty good avenue you don't want i mean if we're not using it to kind of leverage the sale of a product that somebody may or may not need it's not for it's not pulling on people's heartstrings for you know filthy money reasons yeah what would happen what would happen how would seth cope if we didn't have my income but I needed some kind of care and could not take care of the kids or pick them up from school on my own and take care of them through the weekends. Yeah. Um, I, that would be not awesome. We have, and we do, we, I can go through the list of real, not just net worth assets. Um, we ha- we're really, really lucky with a lot of those things. But, and I know, and, we, and we're really lucky in that we have a pretty good, like financial triage system already in place. Um, we already know how we spend our money. Like we're starting from a position of strength and yet there's not a lot that we could do to skill or triage or life flexibility our way out of the fact that we have three kids yeah. <laughs> and, and we have to live somewhere and, 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 and so, and he doesn't, and he's not in the workforce right now, though he has lots of skills, it would take some time to turn yeah. those into money. So,
0: and his vocation would have to be replaced like it's not like you know he, he if he goes and works and you aren't able to take care of the kids like there's still a a, a vacuum being formed there you yeah. know it's no it's
1: <laughs> get the to insurance broker is i think what you are saying
0: i think that maybe there's a there's a, there's a code date that could be made there yes <laughs>
1: We could come up with some kind of letter to our Aunt Beatrice situation. Yeah, <laughs> if you and I you know. both don't have disability insurance. Oh, yeah, man. I think
0: that we should probably set the doomsday clock on that one. I
1: think so.
0: Obviously, it wasn't enough to just say the recording of the podcast since I'm here. Maybe it's the release of the podcast. Although that's a week and a half, and this week is pretty crazy. I sorry, dear Aunt B, I. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll tell you, what, okay, so here's a plug for financial planning. I'm working with a financial planner now, which is yes. great because I know her very well and her name is Julia. <laughs> but one of the things we're looking, one of the key motivating factors was, this is one of those things that you're always trying to talk about, the val- what's the value proposition of financial planning? Well, one of them is, I have somebody that knows my finances inside out and can say, yeah, on your checklist of things to do in the next three months, Plus she can contact me by Slack, like every five seconds of the day. Did you get like, did you get disability insurance yet? Like I have somebody to whom I am now accountable, not just, which seems so silly because I am accountable to the imaginary scenario that we just talked through. That's a real thing. I'm really accountable to the three little, you know, feral children in my house and the man that brings me coffee. Like that's, I'm accountable to them, but somehow being accountable to Julia or a financial planner it feels like more of a thing that I should get on. That's
2: funny. <laughs> and that that relationship is also one where she can identify blind spots that you might have. So yeah. I mean you probably sort of knew that disability insurance was a thing that you eventually get around to but if you weren't you you might not have thought that. You might have been like oh yeah life insurance I've got that on my to-do list because you know I got some of those kids coming and that's what new parents do is they go and they get life insurance. And then it's like, but did you get disability insurance? Or, oh, you,
1: Or know, whatever
2: hole you might have that that can be the value of financial planning and sitting down with someone.
1: Actually, if we want to go back to, to disability insurance, just for one moment to cost Seth's, I think is $158 a month. And then he's covered for $1,500, no $2,000 a month. Again, totally useless, totally moot point. No, but, but it wasn't, I mean, and he was, it, it's not
0: a moot point because this is one thing that the general population is a very low idea of what the cost of any insurance is, whether it's life or disability, just like even what a range is, like, did you hear me quote all the prices of disability? <laughs>
1: now? That was crazy.
0: <laughs> I, I've seen premiums. I've seen tons of premiums come through and yet there's still something in my brain. I've seen lots of people's policies. And yet my brain is like $1,200. I I don't, how much is this magical thing that will protect from this thing? It's crazy. And it's just, it is, this is why you go in and get a quote because everybody is different. And there there are, even though the magic formulas are very much formulas, you know, people fit into them in different ways. And that's, you know, $150 a month or $2,000 of, of tax-free income, if the terrible thing would happen, that's not hard to
2: justify yeah. in the old brain, yeah. you know.
1: And, and obviously, it would be a
2: great, great way that Preet framed this in his book, which is, you know, would you rather have fifty thousand dollars of income and zero if you get disabled, or forty-nine thousand dollars of income if you're healthy, and you know, thirty thousand if you're disabled?
0: Yeah, oh. but it's, it's funny, especially since like. In the world of freelancers, yes, but especially with artists, this is not something that the vast majority have. And yet, it's just another tool in this variable income problem, right? Like they're trying to solve this all the time. Being like, okay, four months in the future, I'm not going to have that, so I need to shift this over there. And it's like you're shifting income all the time, and and just uh, insurance in general lets you do that in the best possible way. Just being like, hey, one payment every month level just you're just gonna do this and we're gonna cover you we're just gonna smooth just gonna give you that smooth even feeling that consistency of payment and pay out that you have in no other aspect of your life but it's also what makes me doubt whether they would give it to you in the first place because of the no aspect of it in any part of your life part of that sentence anyways maybe we should do a follow-up when i finally go to an insurance broker
1: Definitely. And
0: I learn the answers to these questions instead of just posing them into a vacuum.
1: (laughs) Or to us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Sorry, you're here.
1: You guys are here.
0: All right, that's all we've got for you today. If you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a really good rating. That really helps people find us. That would be awesome. And if you loved what you heard, why not check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash becausemoney and lend us a little support so we can keep doing what we're doing. I am Chris Entz, and you can find me over at ragstoreasonable.com. I'd like to thank my partners in crime, Sandy Martin, who you can find at Spring Financial Planning, springplans.ca, and John Robertson, who you can find It's Simple or his blog, Blessed by the Potato, which is holypotato.net.